and welcome to yet another episode of the Rangers Rundown on a lovely Sunday, I think. More or less. I'm Max. I'm joined tonight by Hayden. And Mike. Hey now. We are all here, and we are ready to roll. Let's talk about some scintillating Texas Rangers baseball. Um, it looks like we're going to sweep the Orioles, right? Really bang into that 500? Uh, man, I, I seem to remember like a feeling last year. I mean, last year had a lot of weird feelings, of course. but Really? There was a point... Huh, what was going on last year? <laughs> there was a point where... I, I should probably look this up, or but I probably won't. Where... It, it, you know, it, it, with it being all, what was it, forty games, sixty games? I don't, I don't even remember. Sixty, yeah, sixty. And so you're like, well, this team's not very good. Kind of the same outlook we have right now. But you know, if if Gallo's an MVP and yada yada yada, then maybe in the expanded playoff, maybe we'll just get hot for yeah, we can fake 15 it. Fifteen games and fake it, and then finish like a couple games above five hundred, and with the expanded playoff, that'll be good enough. Yada yada yada. And like I remember, a, like a month in, it was right before the Padres came and completely embarrassed us. But uh, where there was a, there was some kind of series where it was like we won like I don't know like six out of eight or something and looked pretty good, and we're like, well, hey, you know, this might be worthwhile after all. And then reality came like the next day. I kind of feel that way about this Orioles thing. Like, hey, we took three out of four from the the Rays. Looked pretty good doing it. Man, you're saying we're getting reality checked on April 18th. Yeah, exactly. Just like, oh, that was a really fun, like, series to watch and go, hey, our guys are doing well. I love to see that. And uh, and then, yeah, that's, that's that was just a good showing. That was a good stars aligning moment and this is probably how it's going to go is is trying to not get swept at home against the Dylan Tate led Baltimore Orioles yep heard it here first folks you probably didn't Dylan Tate definitely part of that Orioles bullpen a former ranger on the Orioles I know, and you know, I was checking just to make sure that I wasn't uh, really missing much of anything, and I believe he's the only um, active Oriole who was a member of the Rangers organization, unless I missed some minor league stints or some of these other guys. Well, Chris, Chris Davis, Davis is still yeah. an Oriole. He's, uh, he's quote-unquote hurt. Uh, he may be quote-unquote hurt all season. I really don't actually know what that situation is over there. I know he's been one of the worst players in like modern baseball for the last couple of years, so... That's that's pretty rough. Um, yeah, good luck on that one, Orioles. Um, they have a couple of Rangers targets. They had, they had two guys who listed out to me as dudes that were always kind of connected to Texas. In uh, the third baseman, Michael Franco, and pitcher Steve, uh, Steve Harvey, Matt Harvey. Um, Steve Harvey <laughs> playing professional baseball would be a very different experience, I think. That would be a story. It would be. But yeah, no, Matt Harvey, who, um, I think Harvey had thoracic outlet syndrome surgery a couple of years ago as well, which felt like uh, every time a guy had that, they were like, well, I think the Rangers are probably going to look at this dude, Um, (laughs) which just wild stuff. But somehow neither of those guys actually ended up becoming Rangers. And this was really Michael Franco's year to be a Ranger. I mean, the uh, Texas is trotting out, of course, Charlie Culberson and Brock Holt, two oldest position players in the team, and maybe our two best players at this point. I mean, like, whatever. Nothing's real. 2021 doesn't matter. Charlie Culberson for MVP. I don't care. Make it it's happen. Kind of nice. I mean, it's it's kind of nice to have that random utility, you know, over 30 utility infielder at least provide some kind of value for for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the list of guys that we've had 
fill that role over the last like 10 years has been like always sad and Look, you can't are you telling me that Adam Rosales was sad no <laughs> no I will not stand for this slander oh, and who was the guy that was that was Woody's guy like uh, from the Dodgers Logan Forsythe like, yeah you know, it's just like yeah uh, or the Andres Blanco or the <laughs> I don't know you know digging deep now uh, oh, who was the guy that? Um, oh, this is gonna be bad. Um, gosh, he he like made the team out of screen training in like 2007, and then decided, or he had some kind of mental breakdown, and decided to retire instead of playing for the Rangers. Um, I forget his name. It's kind of a guilt. Gil that one's not ringing a bell for me. Oh man, I remember that guy. Anyway, I'll, I'll look that up, but and I'll just. No, usually we can count on Mike to pick us up there and, yeah. and uh, I'd grab I'll that one. But I'll yeah, I've got nothing. Oh. Well, this has been a, a fascinating conversation, a deep dive into the history of utility infielders for the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Anyways, Culberson being like useful so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna take it at one day at a time. But it's it's been good. I I'm glad for that because there's so much depressing stuff going on in the lineup. So at least somebody putting the ball in play is nice. They're just yeah. placeholders. We're waiting for uh, Josh Young to to be brought up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should hopefully happen so. sometime it around is. July, August, maybe. You know, yeah, because he's got that. The, it was a foot injury, right? He had a was it a heel problem? Of some yeah, sort? something like that. Um, but the the minors start up on May one, if I remember right. So he'll probably be able to start getting some somewhere between rehab and just regular development games pretty soon. I think I read that he's in line to start more or less when the minors start up. Um, you know, that he shouldn't really be missing a lot of time there, if any. <laughs> Might be wrong on that, but I believe that was what I saw. Yeah, I think Either the podcast way. is going to get much more interesting after uh, the minor startup and start speculating on some of those guys. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Because yeah, there's a little bit of uh, alt-site play that's going on, so you, we are getting some some video, we're getting some commentary. I saw like a clip of Hans Krauss and some of the guys throwing today. And yeah, I saw Just that. having some fun. Uh, but you know, it's more fun when we're uh, we can just get really excited about small sample numbers and, and talk about the the kids who are inevitably going to come up here and look amazing. So yeah, I mean, Culberson being a useful player or Brock Holt, it always feels like Texas gets these um, kind of scrap utility infielders a year or two after they they're useful. But maybe uh, maybe Culberson or, or Holt maintain some value this season and. Either are nice guys to have in the clubhouse, or potentially even get moved for some low end stuff around the deadline. Especially when you're, you know, you're. It's a, maybe okay to um, slough off a utility infielder uh, around the deadline when you're calling up your number one prospect to play that position. That, I think that's kind of a, a bit of a win win. So we'll, we'll sort of see what happens with that development going forward. Until then, we just get fake Dansby Swanson uh, playing third base, and that has its own value, I suppose. Just yeah. confuse some Braves fans here and there. Yeah. All right, I got the name. It's Khalil Green. Oh. Khalil Green. Yeah, Khalil Green. Yeah. Yep. In 2010, okay. did not report to screen training due to a social anxiety disorder. Yeah. So, boom. Well, I wish the absolute best to Mr. Green then. Yes. Hope he's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. That, that was by no means making a joke about it. I just remember just a, a random... 
yet another in the annals of like guys yeah, who are uh, expected to make this team and, and then right, there's always something right. you know there's a, an injury or maybe they're really good but at the wrong time or, or whatever yeah. you know we were talking just before the, the show it's going to be a bit of a spoiler but uh, there's a Kevin Kuzmanoff reference happening out there and that's that seems like very indicative for the, the Rangers experience mm-hmm. of these kinds of guys is you know we dusted off Kuzmanoff after it was like about two or three lost years for him where he'd just kind of been in the desert and then uh, he had that was it like two weeks, three weeks? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a weekend, uh, but it was a pretty brief period of time where he looked just really good, and then mm-hmm. hurt his back, and that was that. And yeah, that was part of that was that 2014 with the every year everyone died. We also yep. managed to kill Kevin Kuzminoff that season. Yeah, so Kevin Kuzminoff in uh, in 13 games actually. So I thought it was longer than that. Uh, okay. But in those games, he did slash 362, 412, 617. For a 1029 OPS and a 183 OPS plus, <laughs> yeah. so he had he had two weeks where he was Mike Trout, yep. and just and on fire. That was awesome, and then yeah, his back broke. So, God. That, uh, man, that, and that was 14, right? Yeah, that was 14. What a season that was. Was that also in Adam Bazzella's year? Was he a Ranger in 14? I there are so many guys who played for Texas in 2014 that it's very hard to remember which ones were which. Let me see here. Um, looks like uh, no, but I mean, if we can play, you know, fun names to look at. I mean, Luis Sardinius. Oh yeah, there's Adam Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, so we did have that. And and fourteen was the year that that uh, Darvish actually survived twenty fourteen and then blew his elbow out in his first appearance of twenty fifteen spring training. Right. Yep. Yep. God. <laughs> yeah. It just did not work out. And he, he had some minor injury issues in four. I think that was the year he had the neck thing. But other maybe that was thirteen. I don't, I don't really remember. Um, but what a year! Did, uh-huh. I think that Texas being whatever kind of flavor of aggressive mediocrity we're, we're working with this season, where the the pitching and the hitting are sometimes going to be good, but rarely in the same game, is in many ways more frustrating than the twenty fourteen, where you just knew we were cursed the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. But. I think I'd rather watch the Rangers just every once in a while put up a, a decent ball game with recognizable players than the cavalcade of nonsense that was the 2014 season, where even if they were winning games, it was with like the 67th and 69th and 71st guys on the roster of the season, so it oh, yeah. literally yeah. nothing mattered, and it meant Carlos nothing Pena, at all. Mike Carp. Oh, oh Mike Carp. Brad Snyder. And is that not the oh, year that no. we, uh, we lucked ourselves into the... Uh, what was it the Dylan sixth Tate pick in the draft and got Dylan uh, Tate the fourth pick to bring it full circle? That was the year Tim Bogar won 14 games in the last little stretch there. And so we went out from the first, second pick to the fourth pick. And so we didn't get any of the three shortstops. It was, that was the draft with uh, Rogers Korea, and... Right? No, no, no. Correa was earlier. Okay. Um, that was the Brendan Rogers and... Was that Dan Swanson was in that year as well? No, he's been up longer than that. But... Uh, Man, I think, what a uh, time! Um, the uh, the former Red Sox guy, the the outfielder who's with the Royals now, um, he was in that draft, I think. Yeah, talking uh, about Benintendi, he was the yeah. top college guy out of uh, Arkansas, and there were some definitely some Rangers fans who wanted to pick him up, and uh, a lot of other folks who were like, it was kind of a, a single good season, and he yeah, had the SEC play some pretty good ball, but what does it mean? And then he, he had such an amazing, I think it was that first year he was with the Red Sox. He kind of skyrocketed. He was in the league in like 17. And then his career has been pretty pedestrian since. 
Um, it, it looked like a huge clown on Texas that they had taken Tate and not uh, Ben Attendee for a little while. But yeah, no, I was right. It was uh, Swanson, Alex Bregman, not Correa. Uh, oh, but yeah. yeah, hated Astros nonsense. And then Rogers uh, was the third. And then we took Dylan Tate, Kyle Tucker, who's also obviously really good, was with the Astros. Um, the next pitcher was Tyler J, who the Twins picked up. And I don't believe his career has ever really uh, come all together. And then Benintendi, Carson Fulmer, Ian Happ, and Cornelius Randolph rounded out the top 10 in that draft. So definitely it was a, it, there was a big three draft, and the Rangers played themselves from, I think they were pretty well locked into the second pick. But the only way out of it was to... Uh, they, I don't think they could go to one, but they looked really, really good for two and then uh, destroyed it. Yep. And that was the year that the uh, Astros picked there because they hadn't signed... Um, uh, oh, who was the pitcher? Um, was it Was it Apple? Or, or was that Aiken? It was, no, it was uh, Brady Aiken. Yeah. yeah. He was it was like the, the first overall, and then they, they blew it up over his elbow, which, as it turned out, ended up not being wrong, but... Womp womp. What a story that all it's all it all is it's all it all is a story that contributes to our misery. Uh, <laughs> which is just great. It just all roads lead to that. Um, speaking of, I'll have one more note on that on this twenty fourteen baseball reference page. It's fun. I mean I could pull forty five notes. In fact I could pull sixty four notes, which is the number of players <laughs> the Rangers that year. Which was a record uh, at the time, right? Uh yes. Uh, the second, the, the the leader in WAR that year was Adrian Beltre, who casually wasted a 6.2 wins season. Oh yeah, oh. it was a full healthy Adrian year. We had like oh. pretty much healthy Adrian, pretty much healthy Darvish, and then yeah. everyone else died. Yeah, so that's that's just fun, and, and you know I'm I'm happy for him, and thank you for putting a smile on my face, Adrian. Uh, but the the second place in the in the wins above replacement that year for the Rangers was, do you want to guess? No. Uh, position player or Mitch Moreland? Position player. Mitch Moreland. Nope. Oh, was it Rugnet Odor? Nope. Oh. Neither that was of those a, that was, top ten. That was Rugi's debut year, right? It was 14? Yep. Like that's why he was on the teams, because uh, yep. everyone, yeah, everyone uh, got, broken. got hit by a so, bus. So I'll, 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 I'll just give you – yeah, those guys aren't even in the top 12. 12 was Adam Rosales at point eight. Uh, oh, God. 10 was Jake Smolinski at 1.1. Ah, uh, Smo. Eight was Nick Tepish at one point two. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyways, but number two at four point four wins was Leonis Martin. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 I love. So Leonis. the Rangers did it. If I if I told you in you know like twenty twelve or whatever that Adrian Beltre, you Darvish, and Leonis Martin would play like what was Darvish's WAR that year? Uh, he was third with a three point six. Okay, so not not an amazing year from Darvish, but that like Darvish would pitch. I think he pitched twenty five or so games, somewhere in that range. Um, that you know you get fifteen wins or so out of just Beltre, Martin, and Darvish, with them all you know at times looking like the ultra stars they were. If I told you that was going to happen in twenty fourteen, you would have lost so much money betting on that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the number God. four is going to be Robinson Chirinos. Uh, Yay! To that year, we said, "Who is that?" <laughs> Anyways, yeah, look at this. Look at what we've done for 15 minutes. We've talked about the worst year of our lives uh, in the last decade, instead of talking about the actual baseball that's going on with a gallowless lineup 
and I don't know, Nick Solak betting second. And was that the worst year of our lives in the last decade? I, I thought you know, 2020. No, man. As, as, that <laughs> out consideration. Mouth, as that came out of my mouth, I thought to, to rewind on that, and I just decided to not draw attention to that. I'm not going <laughs> Yeah, like, knowing that you'd definitely be picked up by your co-host. But we were the second worst team in baseball last year. Yeah, yeah but it, it was over so quickly, and honestly, I only watched like 15 games. I didn't even have to pay attention to it. I watched. Okay, that well, that's that's you personally, but for me, yeah, I watched them. Yeah. Man. Yeah, 2020 is going to be one of those seasons I'm going to struggle to remember anything about for an extremely long time. Like, oh, yeah. it's going to be... It's and it's going to be so weird looking at what that ends up doing to some careers. Like how many dudes are going to uh, in their their career counting stats are going to be off just a little bit because they played, you know, assuming um, minor health issues. You know, like maybe eighty games fewer than they would have normally. Like most guys who played in like fifty to fifty five because there was a little bit more injury management too, just with how truncated spring training ended up being and like doing it twice. And I mean, there were definitely. Uh, I'm sure there were guys who played 60 games, but I think a lot of dudes who would have usually played in a healthy season, you know, 155 games, probably played a different percentage of their their team's full schedules last year. So, like, what does it end up doing to, say, Mike Trout's career numbers that in his age 29 season, he only got, you know, 50-something appearances? Like, I'm going to pull up what, what Trout's, um, you know, games played were last year. So it's fascinating for everyone to hear me type this in. But uh, Trout played, he played 57 53 games, sorry. He played 53 out of the 60 games. So he, he lost something like 100 games or so of available play. You know, he'd been, he had some injuries the, the three years before that, so his, his highest games played since 2016 was 140. But that's a lot of games, especially for you know probably the best baseball player on the planet. So what does it do for his you know, like career counting numbers that he lost 100 games but not to injury? Right. It's going to be so weird looking at some of the stuff down the line obviously there's way more like compelling things to look at from the year 2020 that we as a society can learn but that's going to have to fall to smarter people than me so I'm going to look at baseball reference in five years and say what did 2020 end up meaning to the world Um, and it's going to be strange to me 2020 was Corey Kluber pitching one inning and that's 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 it in a nutshell that's all you need to know we did at least get so many debuts last year. There were a ton of like yeah, kids yeah. who got called up sure. who might never get another one. Uh, older players who were getting an- another chance because we just needed some to scrape some more guys at a AAA. Obviously, it really tanked the minors. It's going to hurt development. It's going to we're going to have guys who got cut from teams last year who didn't get back on the teams this year who maybe could have been contributors in a couple of seasons. Sure, but we did also see call ups for I think. Um, uh, by pace, like by rate, a, a record-setting number of uh, like first-time call-ups last year, just because yeah. oh, yeah. teams needed to get bodies, and it was they were digging deeper and deeper into shallower and shallower barrels to do it. So it's going to be a very odd year to look at in the future, and hopefully, twenty-one stays more stable. Obviously, we've had a little bit of COVID, um, you know, issues here and there with some guys testing positive. One of the the Twins Angels games. Uh, yesterday, and I think today also, were both postponed due to at least one positive. So yeah, you gotta hope yeah. that folks yeah, on are the twin side, right? So you gotta hope that folks are not coming into some you know long end health concerns and that kind of thing. That's, I think that's obviously top priority. But you know, beyond then, we're still gonna have some weird gameplay totals possibly for teams this year. Um, 
because was it the uh, Mets missed the first like six games of the season? Oh yeah. The Nats did not start for a while as well. I mean, those games will have to get made up, but there's going to be weather cancellations. There's going to be some more spot cancellations due to COVID issues here and there throughout the season. There's only so many makeup days that are available. We are seeing the seven inning double headers. Actually, that's kind of a good idea. The Miners have done that for years, and it's probably fine. Um, it's a little weird when you remember that these games are only seven innings, but I don't think it's so much of a, uh, a difference maker that it destroys any kind of the integrity of the game or whatever. So, unlike the runner on second and the extra innings, I cannot believe that that's actually happening. It is really weird to watch, I, and I think there are some solid arguments in favor of it and some some work that's been done that shows that it isn't like quite as disastrously weird as it might seem but it's still real weird i mean the, it's the, funny because i'm i'm a baseball purist i'm the old guy on the on the squad here <laughs> and i'm actually okay with it i mean i'm not a fan of the 16 or 17 inning game yeah I, i'm definitely there with you i punch out I, i'm like i gotta go to bed i'm, I'm done so there's something kind of fun about those marathon games when you, when teams are like digging just crazy deep to find guys. Like we had a game just the other day where Joe Musgrove played the outfield. Um, Joe Musgrove, who who no hit the Rangers, <laughs> he had to come in and play outfield because the Padres were they ran out of guys and they they needed to have a position player pitch the 13th inning, and that meant they were they ran out of dudes. And so one of their starting pitchers just came in and he actually had to make a play. There was a sacrifice fly. Pitcher Jake Cronenworth from pitcher David Price to pitcher Joe Musgrove, which is extremely yeah. weird and funny. And 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 I get I get why MLB would want to limit those kinds of uh, you know experiences, but mm-hmm. why do we have to do it in the tenth inning? You know why why aren't we? How many uh, extra inning games end after ten? Quite a few. You know you don't you I can yeah. see the. The, the tenth inning win a lot more common than you see like a random eleventh inning or twelfth inning or thirteenth like those things happen but it really usually seems like it just takes one extra inning like these are grown men they can score a run all their own like they, you don't need to give them yeah I think I cap. I think I would almost rather have like a, a clean tenth where the tenth inning is just the ninth inning again yeah um, you know, a little bit extra time and then you make the screwy rules happen where like the eleventh inning starts with the runner on second and then you know, I don't know if you need to escalate it beyond that. Where like and the twelfth inning starts with two on and the thirteenth inning is bases like I don't think you need to do that. Um, but the tenth being clean and the eleventh having that runner on second to make it feel like okay, we didn't get the desired result, a winning team in nine innings. Let's give it like one more shot. You know, so when you're playing a like a card game casually, you know, like, hey, what 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 happened if we play like one more hand? Like just roll it through real quick here and then you get it and we should actually find a winner so let's do that right um i think you could you could uh, accomplish some of that as well by saying you know games can only go so long that like we will call ties after there's something fun about those 17 21 inning marathons but like not really not for most people there's like 20 people left in the stands it's mostly like it's it's interesting because it's a spectacle. It's like this does not happen. So the the eighteen inning game is kind of, is interesting because it's wild, but interesting and good are not the same thing. Right. Pitcher hitting can often be very interesting. Does that mean it's right. good? Well, yeah. Tell me. Well, then tell me how how we're in a position to where we're we're screwing with the the gameplay that much to to introduce a ghost runner, but we're not going to put the DH in the National League. Come on. I, I, right. Riddle me this. You know, nationally. <laughs> I'm with I, I, you there, I, I, Hayden. 
the DH in the National League worked obviously completely fine last year. So I was yeah, surprised I, to see the DH not come back. I, I le- legitimately was surprised. I really figured that all the DH needed to permanently enter the National League was like an excuse, a break, a trial period, yep. you know, something happen. And obviously, I was not predicting uh, COVID nineteen, but something was going to happen at some point. And then we got it, and it's extremely weird to me that the National League said, "All right, we're done." It's like really okay. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I really hate the, uh, the the rule that's being tested out in the uh, Atlantic League, in the Independent League, um, where They've the got DH... they a couple down there, right? The, yeah, but the DH... Well, I hate both of them, but the DH only being in play as long as the starting pitcher is still in, to me, is like one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard. Because if, if you're trying to speed up games or have more action in games, yeah, let's have yeah. pitchers batting in the late innings be something fun and exciting it seems like it works at absolute cross purposes like you can kind of see in a vacuum where like yeah i mean sure that makes sense you know the designated hitter hits for your starting pitcher so you can you can trade a guy and when the starting pitcher leaves you know if you're going to cheese it and go to your bullpen after three innings or whatever you're going to pay for that but like you already are paying for that so um i don't see it's necessary to do it twice and the pace of play thing being cited clearly is absolutely at odds this idea now that managers, I think what they're wanting to do is say, like, don't pull your pitchers too fast. Like, let starters eat, stop doing these three inning, four inning starts. You know, we know that bullpen guys are insane these days. All these pitchers are throwing 110 miles an hour with like screwballs that invert gravity. We got it. But like, stop it. But that's not what I don't think that's what this rule change is going to accomplish. I think it's just going to like punish teams that have a bad start. And it's going to make the the last couple of innings just full of the the clunkiest double switches and just a bunch of weird crap. Uh, All stuff that slows down the game. Yeah, it's going to slow the game down. I don't think it's going to make the game faster. I think it will actively make the game slower. And it's one of those, like, it's a a compounding factor. If your team was losing because your starting pitcher was bad, it's going to lose even harder when you lose your DH2. So, like... It's one of those, when you're ahead, you're even more ahead. When you're behind, you're even more behind now. And I don't see how that also, even beyond the pace of play, I don't see how that's good for just, like, the sport, like, for the game. Like, it doesn't seem like that really does anything other than, say, the first three innings are the only innings that matter now. And that's, like, never been a part of baseball. It's kind of nice that there's no clock that every inning can matter. So I, I, don't, I don't like that rule change. But we'll see other big Atlantic League rule change, Mike. It was the, the DH, and they were doing They're moving the, the pitcher's mound back by a foot, which is really dumb. You're going to blow okay. out so many arms. You have pitchers all screwed up, having to change their mechanics for something that they've been doing since they were little kids. Well, the, uh, the mound's a, been moved around, up and down. Or, or When's the last time it was moved to 60 foot 6 inches? When did that happen? 60s? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it has moved. 50 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, okay. no, that's not something... For some of us, that was not long ago, Mike. Don't assume my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, well, I, was, I was still a baby when it happened, so that should sure, tell okay. you something. Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine the NBA saying, hey, scoring's going up too much. Let's uh, let's let's raise the rim. Well, yeah, they literally, that's, that is how the NBA got to where the three-point line is and how high the rim is. So it just It just took time. And some of those developments didn't happen as far back in history as you think they did. Sure, yeah, but baseball has long been established. Time. I mean, the the distances mm-hmm. are all perfect. 
I mean, the distance from home plate to first is perfect. It has been that way forever. And that's part of change that too. Oh no, no! I mean, the, the bigger bag, I kind of get that. To Just by that, that's all I'm at. Is re- the, the bigger bag will reduce it because it's it's going to make it an inch and a half closer to. To, home to me, that's not as, as pronounced. And, I don't and think if it's it, a problem. If it pre- if it prevents injuries, you know, yeah. one guy stepping on another guy's foot, I'm okay with that. I think the that bigger bag, especially me. the wider bag at um, at first and third, where it it, it makes your um, your slide and like uh, angle of approach better for both players it's a little bit healthier yeah we have hopefully fewer of these like slip off the back of the bag injuries those are horrible like i've seen dudes blow out achilles tendons on that and that is one of the grossest and like stupidest ways to to get hurt um so i, th- I think that the the bag thing is fine and, and maybe it does change the timing just like a, an incy teensy bit on some of these stolen base attempts and these bang bang plays at first but those will change them in favor of runners and that's the kind of boost to offense that I like because it also is encouraging a little bit of that small ball and not to be all like traditional so small ball is better but it's also fun to have not just home runs but other baseball too so if the if the steal can be buffed like a little tiny bit it's like little content changes to make a competitive balance slightly better I'm here for that but yeah move the mound back a whole foot it gives a batter an extra second to figure out whether to swing at a ball or not and it's going to that's not going to shorten games for at all. I can tell you that it's going to increase the length mm-hmm. of games. There's going to be more scoring, yeah. and pitchers are going to blow out their elbows because all their breaking stuff is. It's all going to change. It's going to be it's such an, an adjustment conversation that's going to be had that has to be had more publicly as well about how many of these changes are are still pace of play and how many are quality of play. Because like to me, these are not pace of play. These ones are not pace of play changes. The um, the DH rule looks just like a bad pace of play change. Um, but like I think we saw that the um, limiting the mound visits, yeah, it maybe tightens things up. I'm a okay bit. with that. Yeah, it, I think it's been fine. It doesn't seem to have any deleterious effects. Did it really change gameplay a whole lot? No, no. but it definitely. When you think of all the times that you could have seen a mound visit and you don't see it, it, it at least makes you feel better about the whole situation. Um, but yeah, trying to make quality of play better by sort of nerfing the pitchers here. I think the more relevant one is going to be if MLB does in fact decide it wants to try and crack down on substances, uh, something it, it has actively not done for decades. And I'm, by substances, I mean like sticky stuff. Right. Uh, we, we know they pitchers are using fight. it. Yeah, yeah, it looks like they're, they're, they're going to try it. I mean, what, Trevor Bauer is the first one. Yeah, that, that was uh, that news. I have not yeah. seen anything come out of that yet. Have either of y'all? No. no. Um, it may take some time. And and as a bunch of guys have noted, um, you know, former players and, and analysts and, and the like, even if they found that, like, hey, you know, we analyzed these Trevor Bauer baseballs and they've all got pine tar on them. Okay, so is MLB going to say, we conclude, therefore, that Trevor Bauer put this pine tar here? No. MLB is not a court. They don't have to follow the rules of evidence and such. Right. Like, they don't have to do that stuff. But it is going to be a bad look for them if they say, and we're just going to assume that it was Bauer. When, more realistically, it is Bauer cheating, but he's using, and I'm not trying to call it Trevor Bauer, all pitchers do this. Except for Rangers. I think we feel pretty comfortable that the Rangers aren't cheating, because otherwise they'd probably be better. Um, You'd hope so. You know? Maybe we just need to be better at cheating. But, like, we've seen guys, especially former players, talk. You know, you have your your third baseman have some pine tar on him, and when the ball does its little go-around for the inning, he marks the ball up. Um, there, I can't remember who, which pitcher was talking about it, 
Um, I think it was Dallas Braden who does Oakland A's broadcasts. I think it was Braden I was watching, and he was saying, "Yeah, like that last ball when the uh, the the catcher fires to second for your little warm up pitch before the inning starts. You intentionally put that ball in the dirt because you know you're going to get that ball back, and you can scuff it up a little bit. And you get a little bit better on that first pitch of the inning, which is often a kind of a mood setter for the whole thing. There are so many ways of interfering with the ball, of nicking it up, scuffing it up here or there, cracking down on it. But this stuff is so minuscule. I mean, it, yeah, it has such a." tiny effect I'm, I'm okay with that I'm totally yeah. okay with that it's going to be wild to me if MLB really comes in here and tries to like you know throw the book at a Trevor Bauer for doing something he said he would do years ago I mean he had that thing where he was calling out the Astros and then he had that one inning where he jumped all of his spin rates up like 300 points yeah, uh, and had some very pointed tweets, and clearly he was doing something. Like he he did, you know, some pine tar, or whatever it was he was doing out there. It's going to be wild if MLB steps in and says we'll fix the game and does that when MLB teams have had the ability to to call each other out on this for decades, and they don't do it. Like the right. team, the players don't do this. The coaches don't want to. The players don't want to. But we might see MLB try and step in to improve ball by. By doing this, and uh, it, what, what makes it would make it even more, you know, just kind of out of character is is that you know, of course, the, the whole thing is, uh, or the big element of this is that pit, the pit, the hitters like that as well because it gives the pitchers more control over the baseball, <laughs> and so it's le- it's less likely to slip out of their hand and you know hit them in the head. Um, well, if both teams are doing it, if, if both teams are doing it, then there's nothing wrong with it because both sides are benefiting. It's the stupid stuff with banging on trash cans. That's the stuff you need to get rid of, not putting substance on the yeah. ball when both teams are doing it because that's it evens point. out. That's a great point because uh, we are still waiting for the punishment to be brought down on the players for doing that. There's don't not going to be one. Yeah. Don't forget. No. Oh yeah, it's not going. There's not going to have one, and they were probably the some of the biggest beneficiaries of the world mess of last year. Is, of course, mm-hmm. is that the fact that they didn't kind of got out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Oh yeah, because I mean, remember in spring training, remember like Altuve like being like really indignant with his apology, and like it was very very weird, and then Dusty Baker coming in and being like. These are good guys, and let them play. Don't focus on everything else that's happened. It was all very weird. And then, you know, that was like a week or two before the world ended. And so... I can't wait for the Astros to come to to Arlington this year. That's all I can say. So just... just That's going to be so fun. Woof. Just to to remember. Remember everything, and then don't let them forget. And you know what? This has been a, a booing... In a trash talking, pun intended, uh, that uh, you know it's been a year and a half in the making, but but it, it'll still be delivered. Oh hell yeah! I'm, I'm looking forward to that. that. Yeah. When is that going to be? I guess I need to. You know what? I need to look up tickets too because I'm about to be double vaxxed. I can go Woo-hoo! to the ball game. Yeah. When's that going to happen, Hayden? Uh, Wednesday. Nice. Wednesday nice. The second one. Yeah. Yeah. I got my first on Thursday. So. Yesterday was my two weeks past my. Second shot, which means awesome. I'm fully double vaccinated. I am bulletproof and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely invulnerable. <laughs> I, yeah, 
So our next home series is going to be three with the Angels, the 26th to the 28th, and then the Red Sox come to town. Uh, the Astros do not appear until the 21st through the 23rd of May. That seems extremely late. I mean, we play right. at Houston before then? We do. We play them um, at uh, oh, the on May 13th. Before. Yeah. Wow, that's still pretty late you know, to not, not play them in uh And they play it all. It's not that yeah. late, yeah. but yeah. Taking a sort of a month and a half in, yeah, that's that's a little bit notable. I mean, I, we I need to make up for lost time on the back end. Yeah. But yeah, that's a that's going to be a fun one too because we'll get the uh, the Yankees for four and then the Astros, so we can warm up a little bit by having the Rangers be basically an away team in their own ballpark against the worst fans in sports. Wait, no, the Cardinals still exist anyway. Uh, and then the the Astros come to town, so hopefully folks are a little cheesed up. Maybe the Yankees fans will throw baseballs or beer bottles at Rangers players, um, shake it up a little bit. You can only hope. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, I actually missed that. Uh, what what happened there? The Yankees were getting spanked by the Rays, and so their fans started throwing balls and other garbage and stuff out in the field because they're Yankees fans. And they don't like losing. So it was literally just that. It wasn't like a yeah, a, just throwing a Rangers, tantrum, Rangers, just being babies. Toronto. Because, like, that was awful, you know, whenever, you know, the, the the whole thing in Toronto happened with the trash. But there was at least a reason, because they thought that the umpires screwed him over in a crucial moment of a playoff game. Yeah, this the chew just, call. Th- yeah, this was just because they were losing? Like there wasn't Yeah, because our team like, sucks. Yeah. Wow. wow. No, they're, they're not having a, a fun start to the year, uh, which, you know, kind of came to a head a little bit today when it was announced, pretty surprisingly, that Jay Bruce has been in the majors for, you know, a billion years now, I think 12 yeah. years. He was a top top pick in the was it the '05 draft, really good year. Um, and that he is retiring as of today. You know, this will be his last opportunity. I'm sure they'll give him like a, a pinch hit appearance or something. He last started for them on Wednesday. I mean, this is he's not having a good year, but it's also the 18th of April in a season that started on April one. Slow starts are a thing, but he's uh, decided to hang it up and. Yankees fans seem extremely happy about this online, and they feel that their bullying has worked. So, just not love to see a, a classy bunch of folks get rewarded, I guess. What are you going to do? Man. Fare thee well, Jay Bruce. You won me some fantasy leagues. Big, I'm a big fan of Jay Bruce's body of work. He was, I think, a bit anonymous there with the Reds for many years, and I remembered who he was, and that helped a lot out of my corner outfield slots. That's all I'm going to say, buddy. So... Fare thee well. Uh, we're getting the the highlight here. At least I'm getting the uh, the commercial highlight with the the Dodgers Padres series this weekend. Just while we're doing the around the horn of the league, oh, yeah. what a uh, a set this has been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, credit to the Padres for for, and I've said this before, and probably will say it again for for not you know backing down to the juggernaut Dodgers, whose roster is just unbelievably deep. That doesn't really so even stupid. matter. Losing Cody Bellinger. For a while, um, yeah, he broke his leg. He's a yeah. hairline fraction is uh, fibula, right? So yeah. that sucks. Yeah, and my my reaction was, oh wow, that's serious. Well, well, it won't stop the Dodgers one bit. Um, no, you know, but credit to the Padres for building a team that is built to compete against them and not just go, you know, there's nothing we can do. You know, they go out and get Darvish and and Machado and and Tatis. Obviously, is a huge win for them to just have lying around. Um, but yeah, those series have been awesome. I mean, th- those are probably the best two teams in baseball, right? Oh, there's no doubt. They're going to play each other yeah, I think so. like 17 times is is pretty fun, and it's been fun so far. 
And they are the national broadcast uh, next Sunday night. I was wondering why they, they weren't here. It does look like MLB hard schedules the first you know two months or so of the season for their Sunday night stuff. And we, we may be seeing a lot of uh, Sunday night ball between these two guys <laughs> teams if they, uh, if they have weekend series throughout the rest of the year. Because you know MLB uh, hopefully has figured out that people like to watch good baseball between fun players. Like maybe. Hopefully, I mean it's been it's been wild watching fans being willing to do all this stuff just to watch some good ball, and I hope that people who own and run MLB teams and the organization itself uh, are paying attention because, yeah, definitely a lot of fun to watch Fernando Tatis and and Betts, Kershaw, Bauer, Darvish, Blake Snell goes tonight against Bauer. It's Snell versus Bauer. That game starts in like fifteen minutes. Um, that's a hell of a pitching matchup. Like, yeah. even without a Bellinger in here, the Dodgers' worst starting hitter is A.J. Pollock. They have a guy, um, I think his name is Brandon Noose. What was Noose's first name? Sheldon. I was close. Sheldon Noose. I don't know who that guy is. But A.J. Pollock is their worst um, one through seven hitter, and he has a 600 OPS, but he's also A.J. Pollock. So, so. make of that what you will. That's with uh, uh, McKinstry uh, sitting out today. So, this, these are just some stupid teams. Um, there was a great clip that was going around of uh, was it Kershaw and Profar getting into it? Yep. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I mean the the Padres' worst starter, Tommy Pham, who is Tommy Pham. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tommy Pham, and Fernando Tatis has a sub 600 OPS so far. But uh, like Ruben Mateo is hitting really well. Not Ruben Mateo. It's uh, that's the wrong that's the wrong guy. Um, Jorge Mateo. My bad. But yeah, Profar's leading off. He's looking fine so far. Uh, star pitcher Jake Cronenworth is batting second. Love a position player pitching. Yeah. This is always fun. So who do we have uh, coming up next? Oh, let's see. I don't know. I was really focused on the Orioles here. I think it's the, the <laughs> Angels, yeah, maybe? It's, it's the Angels. Yeah, the Angels. Cool. We have Arahar and Bundy. Uh, Jordan Lyles will get Shohei Otani on oh, Tuesday. No. And then it looks oh, like Fulte gosh. and Quintana on Wednesday in a really rough-looking reclamation project matchup heaven. Um, you know, Fulte, when he had it against the Orioles, he really had it. One walk to six strikeouts, and when he didn't, two home runs and five runs in five innings, he did not, um, which is sort of the Fulte experience. So hopefully he is a good Fulte and we get bad Jose Quintana in that matchup. But yeah. obviously the Otani, that's a, that's a must-watch. And we get Arahara tomorrow night, see if he can build. Um, if I remember right, his last start was his first ever professional start on four days rest, on the, the traditional MLB yeah. rest pattern as opposed to the five days that you'll see in MPB. Yep. And he did he did fine. He, it was probably his best start of the season. Still was getting guys on, but like Mike and I talked about, he was not letting those guys on base stop him from getting out of the inning. Um, so let's see if he builds on it. Uh, Angels have a good lineup. I mean, they got some good guys in there, so that's a good matchup. Uh, we'll see how that rolls. Yeah, I am terrified about Jordan Lyles and Shohei Otani. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. yeah. It's not going to work out well for Lyles for sure. No. Oh my gosh. But you said that they're letting uh, Shohei hit when he's pitching now, right? Yep. That's that is true. We should presumably, unless something changes, we should see him bat. He batted second. Um, the last start he had that I I, I noted. I think he started um, earlier this week, and I, I I don't know that I I looked at that game or watched it. I uh, apparently broke my own rule of always watching Shohei Otani games. But yeah, he's been he's been hitting for himself. So he presumably will bat in the the top third of the order uh, as a pitcher, which is just wild. The best thing Lyles could do was would be to throw straight at his head. 
Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan Tepera, Cubs reliever, suspended three games. We're suspending Mike from the podcast for three podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Silly hope yeah. he has. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, just him spiking the ball in the dirt four times in a row against Chohei is kind of what I want to see. Just, like, walk him. Yeah. I don't care. Let him let him get on base and then, uh, like, run himself into an out or something. That's that's maybe our, our best uh, best bet. Oh, yeah, because he, he definitely is really slow. And yeah. Probably, if you get him on the bases, you're probably going to be able yeah, you to, got him. to get it. Shohei is a, a famously unathletic guy who isn't extremely fast and would probably be capable of playing center field if he wanted to. Like... Yeah. God, he's yeah. nuts. So that's just not nuts. fair. A little final, that's not fair. Final note his, on him. I wish I had yeah. pulled this up, but he uh, he's got what the the longest home or the the highest exit velo on a single hit this year, right? The wow, fastest pitch. Not on a hit, year. but on a home run. Uh, in the same run. game, in his start, the first one where he started as a pitcher and as a hitter, he yeah. he in that game threw the hardest pitch of a, of a starting pitcher at one hundred one five, I think. Um, and the hardest exit velo on a home run at like one thirteen in the same in yeah, the same and game. <laughs> and he's like he's in the like same inning, like if I remember right, because he let off. It was his the first pitch he saw in that game was the dinger, and I think he hit the one hundred one uh, in the top half of the inning. Man, yeah. And then uh, he's like uh, he's like top five percent on sprint speed or something like that too. He is extremely just fast. A, just a real freak. Like I'm so glad that he's healthy and and is able to play this whole season, you know. We had I, I remember Shohei Mania and especially when like, you know, we uh the Rangers were were in on him and oh, the yeah. fact that we we saw a glimpse of it and he was actually pretty good but had some hiccups and, you know, major league baseball is hard and it's a weird adjustment and then he got hurt and things were weird. I'm glad that we're able to see him because him being everything that we could have ever hoped for as a baseball fan is is just the best like that we don't deserve that you know what i mean like <laughs> we we do deserve it but at the same time like he's it's just so good it's it's remarkably good uh yeah so shohei was sitting at a 28.8 uh feet per second 30 is considered like turbo elite um you know 30 is the the, the big one you're looking for he's at 29 feet per second which like you said it is top four uh, percent actually Jeez. in the league there you go. um as a pitcher, he hit 102 last season. He's topped out at uh, oh, sorry, max exit velo on, on what he's allowing. Um, his top, what is his top velocity here? Why is the StatCast website making me mad? Uh, whatever. He's been very good <laughs> is, is all you need to know on yeah. his uh, his pitching stats. And then his, his hitting is uh, just extremely stupid for the year. He's barreling uh, almost a quarter of the uh, pitches he swings at, which is just stupid. That's an extremely high barrel percentage, top 2%. Um, his expected stats are all just through the roof. He's not really walking, but why would you? Like, when you're swinging that well, who cares? <laughs> like, just go nuts, man. Why would I He's go a sub to first base ERA. touch all Ugh. the bases? Yeah, what's, what is uh, his, his base stats here? For the MLB at bat app, which is fighting with me a little bit, and MLB at bat doesn't know what to do with them. It's a problem. Like it, it just splits them up into so many different places that it's very hard to take all of his stuff in at one time. But yeah, he's got a, an OPS over a thousand and an ERA like under two, I think. Yeah, he has an OPS over a thousand and an ERA under two. Shout out, Tani. Actually good. Actually good. There it is. Actually good. There you go. Well, I guess that's fast as all hell. Yeah. Oof. His scouting reports are a uh, just like a fun thing to read. 
he he looks like a fake player. Like when he his scouting reports are being floated to American teams his last year or two in the NPB, he sounds like a video game player, like a fake guy. Those recruiting profiles you read in college football, where dudes make themselves up as like four stars at Podunk High Schools in North Dakota, right. and they're like, no one's gonna know. Like that's what Shohei Otani's scouting reports look like. They're like, yeah, he's a center fielder who is an Olympian sprinter. Uh, he can throw like 103 miles an hour, and he does that from the outfield with a crow hop, like pff, no problem. Uh, he also is the best hitter in the in the game right now, and he hits the ball 500 feet. It's like, and he's okay. Like 22. <laughs> yeah, he's 22. He's uh, he's six five. He's uh, gorgeous and has a, a like wonderful personality. Everyone loves him for every reason. It's like okay, so he's a video game creative player. I got it. He's the main character in a novel where the author doesn't realize that self insertion is bad. Sure, <laughs> I got it. He's OP. He's busted and needs to be nerfed. And then like. He's obviously has the injury concerns early on, but when he's when he's doing it, he's doing it right now, and it's such a delight. It's so amazing to watch in just every way, and ways that it were hard to imagine. Yeah, he's just made it work. He's doing it. Yeah, it's so really dumb. Really oh well. Speaking of really doing it, Rangers offense today. Wow, we five and a third against John Means. Yep. Yep. Well, at least, yep. hey, you know what? I, I, I'll end on this here. Uh, Kyle Gibson, you know, after that that first start, which was like the chef's kiss as to what my, I, I expected, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yep, yeah, nailed it. Nice yeah, opening I mean, day, guys. Yeah. We're you done. Know what? He, he's been doing very, very, very well in these last mm-hmm. couple starts. I mean, he's got his ERA down under three, which it was 135 after opening day. So, you know, he's, he's really settled down and. <laughs> And figured something out. I did see something uh, that Tepid had had said that it looked like he uh, was tipping his pitches or something like that, um, hmm. which would make sense, you know, getting jumped like that uh, on opening day. So good for him. I mean, as long as he's somebody who you know eats innings and gives the offense a chance, gives Gallo a chance to get a home run and maybe win a game, like that's fun. Uh, I'll I'll appreciate that for Kyle Gibson, and then he won't have to, you know, live forever in my brain in the. Nick Tepish, Nick Martinez, uh, Drew Smiley category. He can just be in the, I don't know, the Kevin Millwood and uh, Cameron. Rick Lowe. Helling, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, I'm, yeah. I'm glad about that. Yeah, obviously, Gibby, there's nothing more we can say about that um, opening appearance when you piss away a five-run lead in the bottom of the first inning of opening day and your team scores 10 and loses by four. That's the Rangers pitcher for you right there. But since then, like you said, I actually I had not noticed because I've been watching the game and not keeping up with the stats here. His ERA is down as of this, which is uh, we were in the bottom of the six. So he's through six innings today. Down at 2.79 with a uh, an FIP, fielding independent pitching, of 2.59. Uh, and an exit of four, which is fine. I mean, that's... It means that he's getting lucky, but he's not uh, like his advanced numbers aren't saying he's also terrible. His advanced numbers say he's right. okay. He's average. He's mediocre. Um, yeah. So if he can continue to pitch above peripherals, uh, his BABIP is it's two eighty six, which is a little low, but not great. That's fine for a pitcher. I mean, if it, if it was in like two twenty six, I'd say yeah, he's getting just stupid lucky, and this will not last. But a two eighty six BABIP is. That's not remarkable. It's, it's not yeah. not interesting or particularly notable. Yeah. Um, his BABIPs are typically higher, but like in his uh, his 2018, where it's probably his best season as a pitcher, maybe 20, 2015, um, it was 280. Uh, yeah, it's like right there. So I, 
I don't know. Maybe Kyle Gibson's not bad. He did enter the day as the uh, second-best Rangers pitcher by FWAR, even with that horrific start, only to uh, Dane Dunning. And I imagine he will pass Dane Dunning today unless something truly terrible happens in the third inning here. <laughs> yeah. Or the seventh inning. I don't know why I said the third inning. The third inning already happened. It was fine. Nothing happened. Nothing's it happened. It's not historically relevant. No, it's been a very quiet game so far. But that is part of what you see when you uh, when you don't have Joey Gallo in the lineup. I think it's a pretty routine Sunday off for Joey. I think this is his first game off of the season. I may have missed one in there earlier. And uh, Willie Calhoun did come up. Got two hits, right? So yes. good uh, good start to the season for Willie. I think he went two for four um, with singles. Be good to get him going. And if they can figure out what they're doing with the bats... That's great. They have a question about the gloves. Lady Tavares has had just a truly miserable start to the season. And I, I have to imagine that Texas is looking to um, give him some time off in the minors. But that would probably mean Eli White playing center. And Eli hasn't been a whole lot better, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Sub 500 OPS. So I don't know what they do at that point. Like they could get They could get weird and put a guy who's... Like I don't think they're going to move Gallo again, and Adelis Garcia is apparently not a center fielder. I don't know that they want to put David Dahl out there. That's kind of asking a lot of the guy who does have his injury history. I, I can't really see anybody else moving. I don't think they're going to put Solak out there. I don't know why they would do that. So that's going to be a little weird, but yep. I, I'm kind of expecting to see it. And Eli White will be the center fielder for a couple of days while while Leody figures stuff out, and then you know, maybe Texas calls a guy up, or they they do decide to to let like David Dahl play center, or they ask Joey to move back over there. That would be weird, but I, oof, it's kind of hard to watch Leody right now, and it yeah. can't be good for him. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, well, hopefully the bats are good enough that we're having to, to play games. It's like, okay, how do we squeeze these guys in here? Leody going down. We just need someone to cover center field while we have some, some good hitters in the in the corners and at the age. We'll see. Yep. We will see. see. And with that, uh, hopefully we, we don't get swept by the Orioles here. God, that would be nice. To not be swept. Yeah. Come on. I mean, uh, so obviously, a little bit of team tank every year. Sure, 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 sure. But I don't like watching it. I want to win some games. And please don't lose to the... Or- like, you want to go out there and lose to the Dodgers or the Padres? Sure. Have fun. Do whatever. Don't, don't, come on. Come on. Show some, show some pride. Yeah, show some respect for me as a fan. <laughs> Where's my respect? <laughs>